Hey, is that the camp sandwich? Yeah, dude, what's up? Can you hear me? So we're recording now. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I I hear you too much. Just kidding. <laughs> I can actually hey, hear hey. you talking less. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so we just started, right? Uh, yeah, we are 30 seconds in and I've wasted everyone's <laughs> time. Hey, welcome to the Fired Up Podcast, everybody. I'm Andrew Hoppel. I'm Cameron Hewitt. And uh, this is the mobile podcast. This is the uh, <laughs> the light version. <laughs> this is fired free... up light. Yeah, right. Yeah, we have a we have a pretty good topic today, though. We're off to a rough start, but I think it'll end pretty strong. <laughs> okay, there's literally no rough start at all. It's just <laughs> no, I know. This is how this is how it always starts. This is just congruent. Yeah, pretty much. We're very consistent. Right, Welcome so Andrew, to the podcast, you... everybody. Cam, what, what episode is this? Is this episode four? or No, this, this is five is four. now. No, this is four. No, this is four, season three. Yeah, because you... Yeah, because you had your, your Camcast episodes. So that was different. That wasn't season whatever we're on. Yeah, no. <laughs> this, is, this is still... Uh, this is a whole new beast. Season three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cam, oh, of course. checking in. Since I haven't really talked to you much in the last week... How are you doing? How are you doing with this quarantine thing? Oh, I'm doing fine. My life hasn't... Okay, I don't want to sound insensitive, but uh, it. I mean, it hasn't changed my life at all, except no. for the fact that, like, the gym is closed. Okay, and yeah. here's how... Un- here, You guys will all get a kick out of this. So, here's how little of an effect it's had on my life. is that I, I'm, So, I'm not connecting it to things that are happening. Um, so... So me and Abby, we closed on our house yesterday. Uh, today's Friday, April 3rd, for those of you listening in the future. Um, and okay, so, to, so to give, to, thank you. So to give a little bit of a backstory before I go into the actual story. Um, if the way that we're buying the house is in Abby's name, because if both of us were technically buying it, our financing would change. Um, so, Abby's doing the down payment, and then once we're married, I'll also be on the deed. And so, um, I was like, okay, that's like a that, that rule makes sense. And then they told us when she signs the papers, she's the only one allowed in the room and in the building. And I was like, wow. Oh, 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 oh. and by the way, <laughs> they were tracking her bank's her bank account. So, like, the plan was I would essentially Venmo her half of the closing cost or whatever, right? But, like, they're not – we couldn't do that because they were monitoring her bank account. So, I'm like, man, they are strict. And then I find out I can't even be in the room, let alone the building. I'm like, man, this is crazy. So, me (laughs) me and her dad FaceTime her while she's signing the documents and while we're waiting for her, for her to call us on FaceTime, um, I asked him about um, some of our friends who bought a house recently, too. And he was like, yeah, when we closed, like, I was allowed to be there. Um, yeah, this seems like a really weird scenario. Yeah, it is. And, and he's like, you know, we were six feet apart. And in that moment, I realized, oh, my gosh, that was before coronavirus. Yeah. The reason I'm not allowed in there 
is because of the coronavirus, not because <laughs> Abby's one buying it. And like the other day, Lydia's sister is in college, so she's been at their house, and uh, she was gone for a while, like doing homework or something. And I was like, "Hey, Lydia, did, were you were you doing homework like at the library?" And everyone looked at me like an idiot, and they're like, "Cam, the library's closed." Because of coronavirus. I was like, oh my gosh. That's, There's just so that's many rough. facets of life that you like don't even recognize like in your sentences, I feel like sometimes. Yeah, like you because or, of the coronavirus. Yeah, and like things like you just you know, such a natural thing to ask and is like such a stupid thing to ask now because every like just everything has changed. And I had a coworker today, he um listens to like the radio all day and he was saying that in Michigan, uh, if you aren't going to essentially the grocery store or to work or somewhere like essential, you can get a thousand dollar ticket. Wow. So if there's like a group of kids just driving around and like gotta go do something, they they would get fined for that. That's absolutely insane. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's uh, if people aren't not like interacting with people. I think that's a problem. I mean, you just, you just got to stop spreading it and it's continuing to grow right now. Oh and yeah. Like rapidly in the past three weeks, Michigan's gone from one case to 9,000. Like we're number, yeah. we're number three right now in the state. So Are you really, wow. Yeah. I think New York is number one. And then I don't, I don't know who number two is, but, oh, but yeah, man, it, yeah, it's just crazy. Like we are, we're in a future history book right now. I know. It's really it. interesting to think about, right? Yeah. Like, I wonder how much I will accurately remember, like, when my kids are reading about it in, like, a history book. And they're like, oh, Dad, do you remember that? And I'll, like, read it. And I'll be like, oh, I don't remember that part or that part. Like, what the heck? Like, I uh, never know <laughs> who's going to write it down and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But, yeah, it'll be super interesting in the future to hear about it people learning about it can you can you hear that like that i'm out in nature right now is that i i did hear a bird but (laughs) the bird has gone away okay well yeah we might pick up a little bit of uh, a little bit of nature guys listen i am completely quarantined okay just so (laughs) if you're concerned it's a white i'm totally safe (laughs) (laughs) i'm just quarantined in florida oh my gosh where it's super nice you, and it's not super cold. Shut up. It's nice here. It's 60 degrees in Michigan, dude. Back off. Oh, it's true. It did get pretty nice. Yeah, the second, home. second you left. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just baking, baking out here. Just overstand, staying safe. When do you go back? Uh, TBD. Are you serious? To be determined. Yeah, so far. We're really just kind of hanging out and, I mean, there's really nothing different happening right now. Like you could either be sitting at home up in the Midwest, or we decided that it'd be pretty cool to try to sit outside where it's nice outside in Florida. So happy to be here. Yeah. I'm glad you got there safely. You and the other 10 people on the plane. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There was, there was literally nobody. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, (laughs) makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I read some articles. Of course, they're probably going to be biased articles if they're influenced by um, industries that are affected by it. But apparently, it should be pretty safe to go on planes right now because of how few people are there 
as well as basically to the, the gist of it is clean air is constantly being cycled throughout the plane. Um, hmm. So it technically should be more dangerous to go to the grocery store. So literally all we've done since we got here is just hang out and nobody has yeah. Corona. So we're good to go. That, that article was written by Boeing and Delta Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and United and uh, American Air, which I have <laughs> stocked in because I'm hoping that those two are going to bounce back here. Oh, I'm have sure you been, they will. Uh, no, have you, have you been investing at all at this point? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, in Grubhub and Peloton. <laughs> Did you really? I bought, I bought, in a, I bought in a Grubhub and Uber because I thought Uber Eats would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going up, but, um, yeah, I, I don't well, know. Well, they've been, been flirting actually. They, they've been going up and down, but basically my thought process was I, I bought into United Airlines as well as, um, American. They're just, they're so low right now yeah. and there's no way that they're going to stay this low for like once the economy starts bouncing back i don't know when or how long it's going to be but it just it made sense for me to to jump in well as and i've done a little uh cryptocurrency trading well as long as guys you're... i promise we're we're still a fitness podcast and we're going to get to the fitness stuff in a second but here's the thing guys <laughs> you haven't been with your friends in like two weeks so ha- listening in on a little human conversation might be kind of nice. <laughs> um you know i think one thing is like just to remember this is probably true in general with investing i've been listening to like a lot of financial podcasts and reading a lot of like uh financial books and whatnot lately yeah if you're going to invest you you gotta be in it for like the long haul because i mean those two airline companies you invested in dude it could it could take them like a year and a half two years to bounce back like it's not like everyone's going to start traveling the second this thing starts dying down because you still have the element of fear and stuff. Right. So as long as you're, no, it's going to take some time, but it's, if you, if you can do it, I think for me, it was worth the investment, but we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you, it might be good for you to like forget that you even invested in them and then just like wait it out, you know, instead of like checking it every day or something, it's like, you got to just wait a long, long time, especially for airlines. I mean, I, I've been investing since I was um, since I was landscaping back right. in in early college, so I I've just been adding money since then, mm-hmm. and I actually poured the most money I've ever poured into the stock market because of this. Wow. Yeah. So it's been it's it's risk reward, but we've we've had a bull market for so long. It just seemed like the right opportunity, since especially since we're young, mm-hmm. to to try to jump into it and up the stakes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why but not? We'll see, guys. Maybe, I, maybe I'm completely wrong. Yeah, if you see Andrew <laughs> on the side of the street with a, with a sign and yeah, for sure, panhandling now, so, now more than ever. <laughs> yeah. So, Cam, what's what's the topic of the day? So, dude, the, we are uh, the super exciting topic. Back, back by popular demand, um, we're going to do, a, I guess, like a a part two, I guess you could say, or like a. Second version. This is this is Cam Cam Cam. This is the one year later installment. Wait, do you realize that? Like to the day? No, it's just it's almost to the day. Oh, because oh. actually the podcast's birthday is coming up. It was early April. Oh, that's so funny. Um, we gotta do a one year one year anniversary somehow. We will. We will. We gotta do like a. You and I should. You and I should go through like some episodes, and we could do like a a highlight reel. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be funny. That'd be so I was cool. just like, kind of like write down some 
goofy things we've said or whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, but anyways, um, we are going back to uh, talking about Orange Theory Fitness, and I think it's a really good time for it. Um, Guys, the Orange Theory Part Two anticipated part episode. Two, that's right. I think it'll be interesting. That was that was our wasn't that? If correct me if I'm wrong. Besides the introductory episode, that was the most listened to episode. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it is the number one, isn't it? Oh, is it? I, I don't know. I thought so, but it, it's up there for sure. Wow. Um, but yeah, dude, I think it's like you know we have different perspectives now because it's it's been a pretty much a year since then um and you know we both have the coaching perspective but then i've also been away from it for about six months now or so um and just have had time to reflect on my time there um yeah so yeah i I don't know was there anything that you specifically wanted to start with i mean and we'll do good and bad of course because there's there's going to be both of those. It's not all good, all bad. But is there something that you wanted to start with? Well, technically, I just want to point out, I'm also not directly involved in Orange Theory Fitness right now. That is like, true. We, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not coaching right now at all. Yeah. So I've had, which is, what has it been, like three weeks already? Two or three weeks. I think three weeks since gyms were closed. Yeah. It was it was like the middle of March. So no, we're coming up on three. We're getting close. Okay. But it's been enough time. This is the longest period of time, um, besides my hiatus when I was moving from Bloomington to uh, Palatine a year ago, that I've I've been without coaching. Yeah. For years. Uh, well, with the brand. So it's it's been it's been definitely a, a lot of time to to sit back and evaluate and kind of go through stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially since you have. It's not like you haven't you just haven't been coaching. You haven't really this is going to sound like an insult. You haven't really been doing anything cuz nothing there's nothing to do. <laughs> so it's a well, good we time. Well, we were doing online, we were doing online um, coaching sessions. We were doing Did you see those at all? For Orange Theory like on like the home workouts? Yeah. So we were doing our studio, I don't know if you saw we were, I was doing Facebook Live and all that good stuff for our studio as well. Uh, Are you guys well, not doing Thomas that anymore? Teresa. No, Teresa's just uh, doing them. Oh, gotcha. So we are gotcha. we are not currently doing those. Interesting. Completely you know, that, removed from the uh, from like the the coaching experience with the company right now. You know that could be actually a good thing to start with. Um, I think one of I think the best thing about Orange Theory, it's not the workout, which we can talk about later. Um, but it's the communal aspect of it. And the fact that they're still engaging members, um, while not actually being with members face to face is pretty impressive. Cause I've seen a lot of members on like Instagram, um, loving the workouts and they love the, the fact that like the coaches is, is there with them. Um, yeah. And the fact that they yeah. dude they put that together so fast it was like oh, incredibly fast oh my god it was like gyms were closed and it, it seemed like days later boom home workouts and the app were released yeah I would I would applaud them that they were able to react so quickly to it um, in in hindsight they should have been able to anticipate something like this on a mass scale yeah. happening earlier 
So it, looking back at it, they probably shouldn't be able to do that right away. There's a little bit of a, a buffering phase. But even with that buffering phase, I mean, the, the transition has been pretty darn good. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, it's a lot less janky. Kind of from like an unbiased, unbiased um, opinion from the inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it just goes to show like they – I mean, maybe people wouldn't have cared if they didn't do anything. Um, but it goes to show like they're a pretty great company for doing that. Um, I'm sure some people would have been. They're, tr- they're definitely they're trying they're definitely trying their best on on keeping people involved in their brand. Yeah. So they're they're very good. Orange Theory Fitness has always been very very good at getting people interested in their brand and trying to keep them interested or trying to. But it's it's very brand focused, right? Yeah. It's all about trying to create. I mean, that's what every good company does, in my opinion. They they kind of create their or I'd say good company on a mass scale. They create their own terminology. They create their own ideas and they, they push them out to people and they make sure that people are using those terms. Mm-hmm. They're, they're referencing them all the time. They're keeping them interested as to what's going on with the company. I mean, if you think of Starbucks, if you think of any of these other big companies that they kind of change language and change what they're doing, mm-hmm. they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, dude, okay. Whenever I go to a coffee shop, that's not a Starbucks when I'm thinking of what size to get, I will think of tall grande and venti. Those it's just great. Those are Starbucks terms. Like exactly what you just said. They, they did that so, so well. And like with orange theory, dude, there's such a commitment of members to orange. Theory. I know a guy who has a splat tattoo. That's amazing. Yeah. It it, it doesn't look super good. (laughs) But he he has it nonetheless, and that's how you kind of know it's like, dude. They're I mean, scientifically, absolutely jargon with a, a fat cell exploding. But yeah, yeah that's great... not a photo of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a it's a great like rallying. Hey, we're gonna burn fat for a workout. Yeah, which is another thing that we can kind of talk about. Um, and so, who would you say Orange Theory is like? fine for really good for and maybe like not you like you maybe wouldn't recommend it to them do you have any all right let's let's break it down before we get it that's a really good question because there's some people i feel who might listen to this and really don't know our backgrounds with the company Mm -hmm. so really quick what is your background with the company how do you have credibility here yeah so okay so i started as a sales associate and that was the first I want to say six months of my time there. And then, you know what, what, um, what year it was and what month? Yeah, it was actually the very last day of February, 2018. Yeah. 2018. Cause then I started coaching in late August of 2018. And then I left in October of 2019. So I coached for about 14 months and was a sales associate for about six months. So 20 months in total. Um, yeah, I kind of did like a mix of coaching and sales associate stuff for the first month and a half or so of coaching. Um, but then after that, it was just full-blown coaching for the next year or so. Switch over because, I mean, it's most of the time for, for people, it's it's more worth it. If you have the the enjoyment, at least a little bit of being a coach, it's going to be more monetary worth it for sure. Oh, oh, I mean, your your time to money ratio is fantastic. You, I, you work yeah. maybe 
between 15 and 20 classes a week and you make at least what you would make um, probably as a sales associate or very comparable, yeah. but the sales associates work twice the hour. So, um, and what, what, what yeah. about you, Andrew? Yours is a little bit more. Um, <laughs> than me. Well, it's, it's still current, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I've been working with Orange Theory Fitness since May of, technically it was April, but it was May of 2017. Uh, it was when I first began training officially. But I was doing my interview process uh, for a couple weeks the month prior. Um, then after, and I was, I was hired on as a sales associate. I became a assistant studio manager for a little while. Um, and then I actually left and I became a coach down in Bloomington, Illinois. I relocated from the Chicagoland area back down there um, for a coaching opportunity with a different franchise ownership. I became head coach of Bloomington studio as well as work while working over at the Springfield studio. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of commuting. Uh, I should also give Orange Theory Fitness Riverwoods Buffalo Grota shout out <laughs> um, because that was the first one that I worked for back in 2017. So once again, I relocated down to Bloomington, uh, worked for those two studios, became head coach, and then I relocated again back to the Chicagoland mm-hmm. area, and I became a coach with Providence Venture um, Organization, which is actually the territory ter- territory ownership uh, for Illinois and also for Michigan. I found. Are out. you serious? So. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, it's it's uh, we also own Michigan. Dude, that's uh, insane. Yeah, and I believe Wisconsin what as well. The... <laughs> um, but anyways, Jeez. the the ownership group that I work for, um, I started working over at Hoffman Estates, Orange Theory Fitness, and initially, I had not wanted to get back into a, a head coach role because I wanted I wanted something comfortable that I didn't have to learn a whole bunch of new stuff to perform well. And that was Orange Theory Fitness when I had relocated. But I I thought that what I wanted to do was go more independent and try to figure out how to start a gym on my own. Um, And that's still something I want to do. But at the same time, my my ambitions have changed in a a year plus. Because that was March of 2019 Mm -hmm. was when I came back uh, officially to work for Providence over at Hoffman Estates. And um, if a, a head coach role, I mean, we'll have to see how the economy recovers. If that bounces back um, quick enough, that might be a, a role that I'd be interested in taking again. And I've, um, I mean, we'll, we'll cross that path when we get there. But definitely a lot of time in the company. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many months that would be. I did take a little bit of a break in between um, Riverwoods, Buffalo Grove, and also moving back up here. But it's definitely been a, a few years for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think many people would be happy if you ended up taking that that head coach um, role, no doubt. Well, we, we get, I guess we can kind of talk about – actually, no. We'll go back to the, the question I had asked is who do you think – you know, some people might be listening. A lot of you guys are already members. Some of you might be thinking like, oh, maybe I want to do it. Um, so what's what's your opinion on should someone not do it? do it or definitely do it? What kind of person fits into those categories, you think? I think the best way to go about something like this is, um, one, what frequency is the person looking for for a fitness routine that's pre-designed for them, like Orange Theory Fitness? Um, Two, what's the reasoning behind that frequency that you want? And um, 
three, what are the, what are the physical, the athletic objectives that you're trying to do with your personal fitness? Mm -hmm. Right. I think those are pretty good focuses there. If, if you're looking for a supplemental workout, orange theory fitness would be a great option because it creates that, that, um, structured routine that a lot of people feel like they need without making it the entirety of it. So, you know, once a week, twice a week, something like that. If I was to be an Orange Theory member, I would probably choose one of those packages myself mm-hmm. um, just for the, the structured consistency. At the same time, though, um, and if, if you need complete structure, if you need a complete pre-designed workout and you don't want to work with a personal trainer, uh, the, the unlimited, the package that you can go as many times as you want in a month, that's the one, of course, to go for. Um, because we should all be training more than three times a week, hopefully. Oh yeah. But what it's, it's really, it comes down to those things I'd say. And I think Alan Latham um, is the one who, who had something along these lines for this type of idea of a quote where she, she stated that orange theory fitness should be the multivitamin for your heart and cardio health Hmm. and your like your total body health. Right. So it's it, even if you're not making it the main objective, doing interval training, and I believe she said interval training, or maybe interchangeably the orange there finished or, or interval training. I can't remember exactly. But the idea of bringing your heart rate all the way up and then bringing it down should be used in everybody's fitness routines because there's so many added benefits because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to get like way too in depth about like my analysis for the workout here too <laughs> in a second. Um, with that being said, it's so good in all those different ways for heart health and for, uh, I guess, for total athletic training. At the same time, it has a lot of drawbacks because of the, the inability to really, um, I guess, challenge people on, their, on their, their weight training, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. There's a birthday parade that's, going on. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, is that going to make sense though? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I think that's probably the, the biggest downfall of, you know, it's not even of the workouts. It's of the mentality that people have going into them that they think the treadmill is the most important part. Um, and not to like rank them or anything, but you, you shouldn't really do that because if you're going to be like, okay, I'll get my 30 minutes of cardio in and then I'll kind of try on the weights. Personally, I would argue for more, for most people, not everyone, but most people, the weights are like more important. That's where you should really be pushing yourself. Um, And then obviously the treadmill, you should be trying too. but I can't tell you how many members I've seen deadlift the, the 10 pound dumbbells, but they're able to curl 15s. It's like what that is so back backwards. It makes no sense at all. For sure. One thing that they do so well is that orange theory has introduced some type of weight training for tons of people who never would have tried it uh, otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. All right, Cam, what's, what's your analysis then for this one? What do you think that the perfect scenario is for, for what type of person? I think, okay. So if you're someone who has like never worked out and you're probably really self-conscious about going to a gym alone and like, let's be honest, you're, you probably don't like the way you look either. 
and you're unhealthy, I think you should totally start with Orange Theory as your main thing. Um, not only because you just got to start moving um, and you can do it at your own pace, which is great, but something that um, a member told me, her name is Carrie. I asked her, I'm like, hey, like, why do you like these workouts? And she's like, because it's the only workout regimen I've stuck to. And so when you're starting off, mm. your adherence to actually going and doing the workouts is really important, especially in the beginning to get some momentum. Um, and then once you can kind of make it a part of your routine, it's just going to get easier and easier to get those workouts in. So if you're just starting, I think it's – and you can't afford a personal trainer. And that that's the big asterisk in my mind. All of this, to me, if you can't afford a really good personal trainer – I'm glad then you, you should, said that. A good personal I, trainer. I, <laughs> exactly. Um, Everybody can afford some type of personal yeah, trainer. Yeah, it might just be at like Planet Fitness. The, <laughs> yeah, the definition of a good personal trainer is very important for that aspect. Yeah, there. so um, that's if you were to go unlimited. If you're, I think if you're someone who, you know, you like working out already and you have more of like a specific goal, I would say, you know, maybe do Orange Theory like – twice a week if your goal is to you know be healthy gain some muscle look good all that stuff i would say do orange theory you know maybe twice a week but then focus on weight training the other days and maybe hire a trainer for that or if you kind of know what you're doing you know you got it um and then honest like the the best way i've ever heard um of when to just when to I guess prescribe the basic membership, which is just once a week or four times a month, but most people spread it out. Is if you have a family member that you just want to do the workout with once a week, that's kind like that's kind of the only point of doing it. If you're thinking, man, I'm gonna get my cardio in once a week through hit training, dude. Every every week you go back it's probably going to feel like a reset button and it, it, it's just not yeah. going to do much for you. So it's, it, that's going to be more like a community sort of membership where it's like, okay, once a week I, I work out for with sure. my, my girlfriend or boyfriend or mom, whatever. Um, but I, I'll tell you this guys and me and Andrew, we, I don't know how often you do this, Andrew. Um, I just started doing it, but once a month you should take progress pictures because even if your goal isn't related to uh, looks, which let's be honest, they, they probably are to some degree. Um, even if your goal is like health, uh, you should still be seeing physical improvements in your body fat percentage and your lean muscle mass and your body composition, no matter what. Um, if you look the same like month after month, you're obviously not doing something right. And I think some people just kind of do the same old, same old efforts at orange theory too often. And maybe they need to mix in a little bit more like intense weight training and focus on that a little bit more. The drawback, I would say one of the biggest drawbacks that I could kind of put out there is definitely going to be the, the, the lack of um, specified training focus for people. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, accountability. It, it kind of helps when we do things like, the, the weight loss challenge or the transformation challenge, I should call it now, um, 
because it's when people sign up for that, it's more of an in-depth look as to, Hey, how can I get to this, this new version of myself that I want to work mm-hmm. towards? Um, but other than that, it's, it's kind of go on your own for a big part. I mean, you're always able to reach out to coaches to ask for advice and, um, for, for help on, on different goals and objectives, but that's not the, the coach's main role. The coach's role is to, to provide a great pre-designed workout from Orange Theory Corporate, mm-hmm. right? And then there's many other facets that come with the job. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, one thing I think um, Orange Theory as a corporation should consider, and I'm, maybe they have, um, I think they should do a, a little bit of a higher focus on strength. Now, I know that there's the <laughs> – that was a lot. Uh, there's the Orange <laughs> X workout. But, you know, they have the transformation challenge, which is great, but it never accounts for, like, how much strength have you gained in, let's say, a two-month period or some, Or, like, with the transformation challenge specifically, what if you didn't want to lose a lot of weight, but you wanted to transform your strength level? Like, that should be, I think that should be monitored a little bit more because I think strength training, especially as you get older – one, it's going to help you with your hormone regulation. And if you're a guy, dude, once you, what's the age? Like once you turn like 38 or something like that, your testosterone levels just are dropping dramatically and weight training can help that. Um, and then you also think of like how many, how many old people do you know that like they break a hip and then they pass away very soon after. So like weight training will help increase your bone density as well, which is super important during the long term. So I would love to see Orange Theory implement that a little bit more or like encourage members to do that more. Cause that was I mean, I know I know you do this too, but as a coach, one of my favorite things was I'm you know, I'm handing you a heavier dumbbell if I know you can go heavier and keep good form and still have a couple reps left in the tank. Like I can't tell Dude, oh, I can't sure. tell you how many, how many female members got gained a ton of confidence because I made them sumo squat the hundred pound dumbbell, and they didn't think they could do it. And it's like you guys just got to kind of go for it sometimes, you know. Um, so as far as the workouts, that's really the one thing I would like to see them push a little bit more. There's, I mean, there's a. You don't need us to tell you. Hopefully, you know this. But there's an incredible amount of added benefits because of heavy weight training. Just like Cam said, bone density is one of the biggest ones right there off mm-hmm. the bat. Um, and it, there is kind of a lack of, I guess, focus and encouragement for making that one of the main objectives for most mm-hmm. workouts, um, which I would arguably say that that should be versus the uh the the total added benefits of uh, cardio being the main mm-hmm. focus if that makes sense um like you said earlier weight training should be the main focus and then doing the cardio whatever 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 we have left should be in my mind the perfect way to go about something like that. oh yeah yeah definitely and you know, I, I, I think this is kind of switching gears a little bit because we could talk about the, the programming. It, it's, it's obvious that it's going to be meant for the general population kind of. It's not going to be specific. I, you know, everyone kind of knows that going in. Um, 
but that's also not to say that you can't like take your own specific goal and try to wiggle it in there. All right. So if you want to manipulate how you go about these different workouts, exactly. So uh, regimes. Yeah. So when I was doing, when I was doing orange theory, um, that's why I would power walk. I'm like, I don't want to be burning a ton of calories right now. And I would save most of my energy and like really main efforts for the weight room. Like that, that was my goal. Okay. So obviously still do the workout. Don't change. Don't make up your own as you go. Cause that's super annoying as a coach. Um, but just where you're emphasizing your main efforts is, is really up to you as the member. Um, as long as you're not being a complete lazy, lazy bum. Um, but uh, okay, so another factor I think we should talk about is one of the nice things about group fitness in general, um, as well as Orange Theory, is the the time factor. Like you know, when you go in, you're going to work out for an hour. There, it's going to be a potent hour of working out, not a whole lot of downtime, and you're going to get a little bit of everything, which I think is super super attractive to people because. I'll admit it. When I go to the gym, I'll be doing training on my own. And there are times where I'll like go on my phone for a little bit or I'm just like distracted. Right. But when you're in that classroom, you're like the focus is just there because the it's the whole ambiance of the room and the coach and the group mentality. So that's a huge advantage. Like there's not really a minute wasted during an Orange Theory workout. Yeah, I would have to agree. At least when it's run properly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The objective to go for to to go from one to the next objective um consistently and um really tie in on the focus of the day is a, a really good the, the brand does a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um as well as as long as it's being pushed out the way that the brand has intended it to. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I I got to say this if you guys are a member and you are changing the workout because you think you know better and, and specifically on the treadmill, stop doing that. You're, comp- you're wasting your time. Um, I'm not going to say who the member was, but I doubt they listened to this anyways, but she would always refuse to do the intervals. She would just go to six miles an hour, 1% incline, and it would just start jogging. And she, you know, she'd always say like, oh my gosh, I just, I hate running so much. It's like, well, first off, if you're going to be on the treadmill anyways, you might as well do the intervals and then you're losing all the benefits of half the workout. You know, you're just going for a run. That's not going (laughs) to do much for you, but building up like the ability to like explosively sprint. That's, that's fantastic. I think that's a great ability to have, um, Guys, if you if you think jogging is a great training modality, I want to reference you to one of my favorite Testosterone Nation, T Nation articles. I'm pretty sure it's titled Jogging Sucks. Jogging jogging does <laughs> and you know what, dude? So okay, for those of you who don't know, I've been in like the running shoe industry for about a year now. I have met probably close to like three hundred plus runners, triathletes people of that nature, the injury rate for jogging and running, what would you guess, Andrew? 
Oh, it's incredibly high. Dude, it's pretty much a hundred percent. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least, at least to some small degree at, at some oh, point. Oh yeah, and I'm and I'm talking an injury that's going to prevent someone from running for you know at least a few weeks. Um, oh really? yeah, dude. I, I mean, wow. it might be something like a rolled ankle, plantar fasciitis, um, just joint pain because running is a skill and so this is another topic that relates to orange theory actually when you're going for an all-out you got the music the coaches bringing that energy and you're about to put everything into an all-out if you don't know how to sprint or how to run efficiently and correctly oh my gosh the amount of knee hip pain and lower back pain that you can cause yourself is tremendous. And, and I will mm-hmm. say orange theory. Um, well, I shouldn't say as a corporation, but at Schomburg, we did a couple of running clinics onto how to run. Cause people forget that there is a correct and an incorrect way to run. And as you get fatigued more and more in any exercise, your form is going to diminish. So having that, that running form memorized just in your body is crucial. And I don't think a lot of people have that. No, of course not. And it's just like any other skill. It takes time <laughs> to get better at that. Right. Yeah. But uh, when, we're, when we're talking about adding on lean and strong muscle um, for your body, jogging, the reason why I want to emphasize uh, on why jogging, not just saying, Hey, this sucks. Just listen to me. When we're, when we're going at a leisurely pace or, something that is kind of challenging, but we could hold on to it for a pretty long time. Um, the muscles that we're working and the, the, the signals that we're sending to our body is that, hey, we need to adapt to be able to work at a consistent pace for a very long time and to be able to do that pretty often. So the, with that signal constantly being sent to the body, it's going to get rid of fat because fat's going to slow it down and hinder it. It's going to get rid of excess muscle because muscle, you know, upper body muscle, for example, is not necessary to be able to perform very well at a kind of challenging pace for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. So the reason why there's some added benefits for being able to to do that. But if you're talking about high intensity interval training where you're truly bringing it up really high and that heart, that heart and those lungs are being challenged and then you bring it back down, you recover you're going to see so many more added benefits overall in combination with consistent weight training than if you're doing jogging and a little bit of weight training, or if you're doing jogging and, you know, heavy weight training, because they're, they're just so contradictory. Yeah. Oh, it's completely opposite signals. I like to think of, think of, um, building muscle as financial compound interest. Okay. So when you're, <laughs> he's going. He's so, going economic. This might be a really bad comparison, but if you're just jo- I, I if love you're it just already. jogging, okay, you're burning calories, so you're burning fat, you know, or I guess just burning calories in that moment, which will more likely bring you to a caloric deficit. So that's good. I want you to think of that as like putting money into a regular bank savings account where your interest is like one percent. And it takes 72 years to double your money. It, it's, not, it's not that great. But when you focus on weight training, 
you're going to be building muscle, which when you're just sitting or sleeping, doing pretty much nothing, um, it's going to be burning fat or burning calories for you. All right. So it's almost like you're making your body more efficient on its own. It's similar to when you have your money work for you instead of just sitting there. Okay. So it takes a long time to build up just like compound interest. Um, but it's way worth it in the end. And if you're someone who wants to like lose fat and have a good, um, body composition, uh, you're not going to get there from just going for jogs five days a week that it's not going to happen. You have to weight train for sure. The, I mean, the definition that comes to mind when you talk about that is skinny. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure some of us have heard that before, right? Yeah. yeah. It's where, it's where you, you lose. I mean, you can lose fat by doing those things, doing those exercises, doing those, uh, those light jogs mm-hmm. consistently. And that's a great way to, to lose calories, to burn calories, but there's no, and once again, even if you are weight training, there is limited added benefit that we're seeing from the weight training that we're performing or the, the weight training that we're not performing to replace the fat that we're losing. Yeah. So my, my body fat number from the, my last weigh-in, I want to use as an example, um, is it's not incredibly high, but it's still high enough to where, you know, there's, I have some body fat on me. You know, I, if I recall correctly, I have like 25 to like 30 pounds of body mm-hmm. fat on me or something like that. Um, for my last, you know, weigh in with that number, that specific number compared to my body fat percentage, because I have more muscle on my structure, my body fat percentage is going to be lower. Yeah. So if I was to eliminate the weight training that I have in my routine, well, not right now, a ton of it because of our current circumstances, right. But if I was to bring that weight training down and focus more on my, my light cardio and make that the main modality, I would probably lower my body fat maybe a little bit, but I also would ditch muscle. And if I ditched muscle, my, sure, my total body weight would be lower. Let's say my 200-pound Andrew structure would now drop down to 180 pounds. I would lose 20 pounds com- of combined muscle and fat. Even if I'm down five pounds of, of fat and maybe now I'm down to 20 to 25 pounds of fat uh, versus the 25 to 30, now that is a much greater percentage on my total structure than with the, the, the extra fat that I had plus my mm-hmm. muscle. So the body fat is going to be more noticeable than when it was with my higher body fat number plus my more muscle on my structure, if that makes oh, sense, guys. Yeah, that makes total sense. and something that's kind of funny about body composition is like when, when you and I did that, that bodybuilding cut thing, we lost a ton of fat. We, we probably didn't gain a ton of muscle, but dude, I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I look way bigger because I'm more defined and I, I maintained a lot of muscle, but I lost a lot of fat and it, it just makes everything kind of pop a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are going for that body composition thing, man, weight training is going to be your, your go-to for sure. Um, yeah. And you can, and you can prioritize the it at orange theory for sure. But you have to choose to, that's the thing. Yeah. Not a lot of people do. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I want to point out, I know this isn't totally orange theory based, but, one of the hardest things that I've had to kind of deal with and figure out how 
to manipulate for myself as well as the clients I work for is one of the, the age old questions that, that we hear all the time is if I, if I want to lose fat and gain muscle, what should I focus on? What, what should I focus on first? Can I do both at the same time? And what's the, the best way mm-hmm. to go about it? Right. Um, and there's a few schools of thought about that, but what I've been seeing besides the newbie gain phase, if you're going from absolutely no activity into a training program, uh, you can gain a fair amount of muscle while losing fat. Um, but other than that, it's just, I mean, it's going to be an expedited process, but it's not going to last very long. Probably the best way to go about that would be to focus on losing fat first. And you can do that by doing, you know, cardio activities like jogging, but low intensity, steady state cardio or sprint high intensity mm-hmm. training plus weight training is probably the best way to go about it. In my opinion, just as a personal trainer mm-hmm. in general, um, to bring your body fat down to a, a lower number and then work on putting on muscle is probably the best way to go about that because there's so many different ways you can talk about how that helps out. And we should probably, I, I would like to do an episode about that in particular, because I think that's a, a big top topic that we might not have topped or, or touched on very well. Mm-hmm. I think Cam, but I don't want to go too far off right, the right. path while we're talking about orange theory <laughs> fitness. I will. Okay. So I know we were going to do this episode for like a couple of weeks now. And I, I kind of had this thought. Um, no one, in my opinion, should do okay if, if your main goal is whatever your personal goal is because some people they, they really love the community um and it's the community is huge for them in their life in general if that's you um this isn't for you but if your main goal is your fitness and your health i don't think anyone should be a premier member for probably there might be some exceptions probably more than a year I think you can become too reliant on orange theory because here's the thing. If you aren't paying attention to the workouts, um, like the movements, uh, the, the, I think the program for the floor or for the weight room is pretty good. Like there's always a focus as far as muscle groups go. And I think they do a pretty decent job of that. Um, if you're just like going through the motions and not learning anything, your weight, you're you're not getting as much value out of your membership as you could be. So, what I would do if I were you guys is start paying attention to movements and and keep them in the back of your head, and then maybe try going to the yeah. gym, put yourself through a workout, have a goal in mind of what muscle groups you want to work, and you will realize you have a library of movements from Orange Theory that you can call upon to use. And after a year of doing that, you should be able to go and weight train on your own. Maybe a drop down to, um, eight times a month. Cause you know, you probably made some friends. You still want to get some cardio in and all that good stuff. Um, but then you do your weight training on your own, or if you want, get it, you know, get a trainer, um, with in a year of doing orange theory at a premier level, your, your adherence is there. You've been consistently working out. It's not going to be hard for you to make time to go to the gym. And you're probably more confident too. You probably look better. Um, you kind of know what you're doing. And I just think too many people get reliant on Orange Theory. And then they don't do anything else outside of that. But they've kind of outgrown it. 
What are your What do you think about that? What are your thoughts? I have no opinion on that statement, <laughs> but I know <laughs> that that you've brought that up, and it's it's a good statement to make. Um, and I'm glad that you brought that up, and we're able to talk about that right now. Um, but it, it's 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 definitely a good thing to think about. The most important thing that you can do with your personal fitness, everybody, is yep. learn. No matter what you're doing, if you're not, if your personal trainer, for example, is not teaching you why you're doing things or how to, to, to improve your fitness life. And they're just taking you through workouts. One, that's not education. That's not training education. That's just exercise, mm-hmm. right? There's no, there's no continual adjustment to a program in order to progress. And what we want in fitness is to progress is to, to see progression in some way, shape or form, no matter what it is, depending on what the, the parameters are and what the objectives are. Now, with Orange Theory Fitness, there isn't a major objective on education. There's, there's, a, there's a limited objective on education. And you can only educate people within mm-hmm. the brand and with, with what is provided and what's um, prescribed from the corporate company, just like you know, I'm sure many other companies yeah. do, right? So going outside of that, working with somebody like a personal trainer, like a good personal trainer who's educated and who continues to try to educate themselves and learn more. Um, a personal trainer and, and some of you are part of a personal training company who's not tied to a, a brand name um, or tied around a specific science, for example, if that makes sense, um, can make changes yeah. very quickly. If you I, can hear my snap. You're a pretty good snapper. <laughs> Um, but if you're trying to change, like, let's say a new science comes out and the trainer says, Hey, I know I previously told you to do this, but now I'm reconsidering Mm -hmm. a good trainer will be able to tell you that a good trainer is going to like, like, yeah, everybody has an ego and everybody doesn't want to admit when they're wrong, but if it's for added benefit for somebody who's working, who's paying you for your advice and for your console as a trainer, you need to be able to do that. When you're, when you're talking about a big company like Orange Theory Fitness, to make a pivot, you have to move an entire organization, right? So it takes longer, it's harder to do, and it's harder to re-educate all the people involved. Yeah. That's true. And when the education process is more minimal, it's even harder to do set altogether. Yeah, that's a good point. One thing I, I do, I do want to give a shout out to the company, though. Orange Theory Fitness does do a very good job at educating people about their brand, or I want to talk about internally for um, the, the employees. They do a very good job at educating people what we do and why yeah. we do it. And there's always going to be biases with a brand like that, I feel like. Um, but outside of those biases or kind of minimizing the, the, uh, the outlook on those, they do a really great job at trying to improve their employees' education level for fitness in general. Yeah, you you will definitely learn quite a bit um, about training, working at Orange Theory, whether it's through the actual like online um, Orange University stuff, um, or just it's like the main topic of discussion. Like <laughs> you're you're going to be surrounded yeah. Yeah. by those conversations. Um, which is awesome. Um, yeah. One, one quick thing. And then I think we should talk about our experience as employees. Um, I couldn't agree with you more sure. about what you just said. 
a good personal trainer is like a good doctor. You got to keep up with the science of things because new things come out quite frequently. Um, and man, I, I could think of a decent chunk of Orange Theory members that would benefit from more niche things like blood flow restriction training. Like you have those older clients, they, sure. they don't want to pick up the, the 40, 50, 60 pound dumbbells because their, their joints are getting weaker um, and they just don't want to hurt themselves, right? But you put on some, um, sure. some blood flow restriction bands, they can lift a little bit lighter, not going to hurt their joints as much and still get a just nasty, nasty stimulus um, going to their muscle. But that, something like that, you just can't do at a place like Orange Theory because you're going to have that one guy who's, you know, a little bit too confident, puts those bands on a little bit too tight, goes a little bit too heavy, and hurts himself. But in a personal training situation, it's one-on-one, and you can monitor it perfectly. Um, so, yeah, that's one big mm-hmm. thing. It's like, man, you're steering this massive boat of Orange Theory, and it takes a long time to haul stuff out to an entire company um, and you can't do it specifically with one type of demographic in mind. It, it's, I don't see how it's really possible. So I think that was a, a really good point um, that you just made. I want to, I want to make fun of myself really quick though. Um, <laughs> previously, this was, this was my mindset while working for orange theory fitness. Um, probably last year, I would say maybe a little bit earlier, but I had gotten so far into drinking the orange <laughs> Kool-Aid where I just, I believe that this was probably the best way to go about fitness for most people. Um, because when you're, when you're constantly being educated through a brand, through one type of training, that's yeah. just how it happens, right? You, you fall into those beliefs one way or another, more, more, more most of the time. I got to a point where I truly believed that the, the one-on-one and small group training, um, personal training that had uh, been happening prior in the industry was the dinosaur model. Was, and that's what I called it too. I called it you know, a model that wasn't something that could be viable in uh, the, the current present in the near future. Cam, I think you unplugged your headphones. But expanding on that, the reason why I, I said I want to make fun of myself about that was because it's it's so ridiculous to think that one type of personal training or group training could be completely eliminating something like personal training in itself. Because personal training, like Cam and I had talked about prior, there's so many added benefits for training uh, with somebody one-on-one or small group training versus a very large group. Because you get those those different types of modalities that you can't necessarily do for some somebody who's in a major, huge, twenty four to thirty six person area uh, group, and you're trying to, to work with occlusion train occlusion training, or you're trying to you know work with all these different restrictions and and uh, and changes you need to make. Hey, there he is. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry, wait a little. Right. 
difficulty there. <laughs> yeah, we disconnected for a second, everybody. Um, but did you hear the end of uh, what I was talking about there? Oh, I, I heard everything you were saying. Yeah, I just couldn't talk back to you for a second, which I'm sure you appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, the gist of it, to, to summarize really quick, because I know we're going to throw these two clips together. Um, it was such a ridiculous mindset that I was in that that personal training could be eliminated completely by something like group fitness training or or one specific brand like orange theory fitness in itself yeah yeah that yeah yeah looking back on it that's pretty ridiculous but i was with you man like when i first started coaching like it's so exciting i mean it was exciting the whole time it was great um Mm -hmm. but you you know because you do the workouts too um, hopefully at least a few times a week and yeah. you know, you get that adrenaline rush. You feel so good after like, yeah, I can see where you're like, man, this is an awesome workout. Cause you feel like you're working hard and you know, you get to like meet really cool people, all that stuff. Um, so aside from like, we mentioned the blood restriction training, which we could do a freaking yeah. episode on, on like training. Oh, we could. Um, well, another thing is, this will trans uh, transition us into more of the employee side uh, as a coach specifically is not only can you not give those specific challenges um, like blood flow restriction training, but also it, man, if, if members are doing, let's say um, a deadlift or a squat of really complicated movement, um, it's, it, how are you going to do that with, you know, 12 10 to 12 people while also timing treadmills you got to get really really quick at pointing out basic things and then being able to communicate um in a very digestible way how they will fix it um but if you're with someone one-on-one you guys can spend months working on a specific movement and they will get incredibly good at it but with orange theory it's like okay we'll tweak this one obvious thing real quick because then i gotta go on to the next member or you know the treadmills are starting their next interval or whatever um so as a coach if any of you are interested in getting into the coaching side um or if you're just a member wondering it's that's probably i would say one of the greatest challenges as a coach for me was giving little nuggets of help because that's all you can really do in that situation Cam, I got a, I got a fun segment that I want you to, to go through. All right. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I think we should do a whole nother episode on kind of the, the effect and the overall viewpoint of what it was like for you and for myself to be employees at Orange Theory Fitness. Um, but, but to kind of wrap it up with uh, the, the topic of what is it like for a membership with something like Orange Theory Fitness? I want to kind of throw out a few different, I guess I should say, criterias of, of or um, different of subjects pertaining to training at Orange Theory and just give a one to 10, 10 being the best uh, as to what what you think the experience would be like. Okay. Okay. I, I think I understand. Let's just go for it. <laughs> so let's say overall, overall training progression. One to ten for the the mass populace. For the mass populace, oh man, um, <laughs> pretty pretty low. Um, 
I, I'd probably give it. Uh, I'm talking about I'm talking about sixty year old Sue, along with twenty year old Johnny and forty year old Tom and, 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 and Joe. I mean, like, and <laughs> so okay, you mean like if I've been a member with Orange Theory for like three just, years? Just overall, nope, nope. I'm just saying overall progression, overall one to ten. You can and it's it's all these different time frames. Let's say all these different people. If you're talking about progression from day one all the way through you know, year three and many different types of starting physiques and athleticisms. Oh, do you, oh, you mean of the members progression over time? Yes. Yes. Oh, I understand. Okay. Um, I was actually thinking about this before we recorded. I would, I would probably give it overall. I'd probably give it a six. A six. Out of however, 10. however, good. in the beginning, I'd give it a higher number because I think it has a very there's a very steep curve when you mm-hmm. when you first start you will see if you're doing it four five six times a week that's mm-hmm. that so that's why I said that that first year you know you can make no I'm talking but you you have to you have to with this specific exercise you have to incorporate all the amount of time from day one you know until they they quit could be year three could be year four could be month six. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, in the beginning, the possibility. In the beginning, you will see a lot. But if we're talking overall, yeah, it's not going to be that good because you're gonna. Yeah. The I think the plateau effect is much more apparent in group mm-hmm. training in general than it would be um, if you if you know what you're doing and you're doing it on your own, or if you have a personal trainer for sure. Yeah. What would you? What's That's what's your number? I, so I say you know what. Six point two. We'll give it another point. What would Six point two. <laughs> no, no, uh, no rookie scores here. <laughs> um, overall, with uh, the 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 diminishing returns effect, I'd say overall progression you could probably cap out at a five out of ten. Wow. Yeah. If that was if that was the only thing that you were doing for, if you're talking about the totality of years on end. So if like, like Cam said, if you start off and you're completely, you know, on the near side of, you know, I'm not doing anything, you're going to see a lot of quick progression and a lot of great added benefits to, to mm-hmm. your cardio. Um, but like we talked about the drawbacks for the weight training, for the, the, the educational purposes, there's going to be a limiting factor, I'd say. And, and for myself, a limiting factor for uh, education is huge, right? Yeah. So the second thing I'd want to throw out is overall experience, buy-in, and um, kind of like the community effect that you were talking about. Oh, this is a very interesting one. Um, I'll, I'll give my score, but then I, I want to give a little asterisk. I would I would say I would give it. Oh man, dude! In my experience, I would give it an eight point seven. But I think what what matters the most is one, if your coach and the uh, sales associates know your name, and if they were able to somehow introduce you to a couple people that you see a lot, then boom, eight you know eight point seven all day. Um, but that doesn't happen with everyone. Some people it's it's like a six. But in general, yeah. in general, I would I would rate it pretty high. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What about you? That's a good take. Um, I'd probably say an eight, eight out of 10 for overall experience and uh, just kind of the, the general consensus as to what it's, how positive it can be to, to be a part of that community. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and Hey, let's be clear. I've, I've seen people have a five experience. I've also seen people have a, a 10 out of 10 and it's like the best thing they've ever done. And it completely changes their life. But you know, on average, I think that's one thing that Orange Theory, um, they're really only second to like CrossFit as far as like cult following. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they, they have a pretty big uh, buy in portion. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'd say oh, there was, an, there was an, a couple other ones that I really wanted to, to get your take on. <laughs> um, so I'd say another one would be prevention of injury. One to ten, ten being the the safest, one mm. being the uh, not so safest. Oh man, this is another interesting one because it depends on your on your coach. I I would say, um, in my perspective, I would I, I'd say you have to you ha- with your personal experience with the years that you've had with the brand, mm-hmm. you'd have to compile all of your experiences and all the different coaching personalities and the the skill sets. And give an average. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I think I'd give it. I'd give it like a seven point six because. That's a good. That's we good. definitely had members getting injured. I mean, you, you know, you got to remember whenever you're gonna. I think when you get. I'm sorry, you broke okay. up there for a second. You so, repeat that so one. whenever you're working out, you're always going to run the risk of tweaking something or something going wrong. Um, but I think this is something that's kind of dangerous about group training is if you're going into a workout and you're really not feeling that good, like maybe you didn't sleep well, maybe you're just, I don't know, things aren't feeling all right. And you're like, you know what, I think I should maybe take this day kind of easy but then the music starts playing. Your coach just always wants to push you. You have people surrounding you, so you don't want to look like you're not trying in front of them. And you try a little bit too hard, but you're kind of out of it mentally. You're going to skyrocket your risk of hurting yourself. Um, and, great argument. I think that's a great, and a that great point to make. So often. I, I would hear about that a lot in, um, at Orange Theory, whether they got injured or not. But someone's like, I don't really want to work out today. I'm not feeling good. And then the second that music starts, they, you know, they make that switch, which sometimes is good, but can also be not so beneficial if you hurt yourself. So, yeah. What what, yeah. what would you rate it? Yeah. I would also give it a seven. It's funny that you uh, you said <laughs> that one. Um, I was I was already thinking about a seven for that because they're they're they. I mean, think about it, guys. For for the 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 kind of chaotic area and um i guess situation that that can look like when you're trying to coach an entire group of people a major group of people um 24 to 36 for most cases and making sure people don't get hurt and everybody's doing things correctly i don't care who you are i don't care how good you are at it i consider myself pretty darn good at it it's tough to do and you have to be on your toes so if you're t- if you're averaging a ton of people who are very good and people who maybe aren't so good but are still coaches or still workers, and then you have people who are more athletic, more independent, 
combined with people who are less athletic independent um, and maybe know how to not get injured. And then also what Cam was talking about, you know, pushing yourself when you shouldn't. It's there, there's so many different variables and factors that could create a, a not so good situation. Right. Hello, Cameron. Hey, can you hear me? There we go. <laughs> did you, did you so hear anything? No, let's restart off. No, let's restart off of uh, the last cut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. I just talked to myself for a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, I was just kind of echoing what you were saying. Like if you're in a room of 20 plus people, um, you might not catch small things that members are doing. Like if there's a member on the treadmill and their running form is starting to deteriorate, but they don't want to hold back a little bit or God forbid, start power walking <laughs> saying that sarcastically, <laughs> of course. Um, I love power walking. Uh, I do too. They, they, they could totally end up hurting themselves. Maybe not an acute injury, like breaking a bone, but if they're consistently doing that, that can lead to like weird imbalances. Cause if you're kind of favoring one leg over the other um, and if your coach is essentially just like grinding you into the ground, always telling you to push harder, you got it, all that stuff. As a member, you're going to listen to that. And I think those coaches, I would, I would guess have a higher rate of injury in their classes than the coach who's gonna, you know, kind of tell you to more to like listen to your body um, and stuff like that. Like I, I, I would tell members in my announcements, hey, if this is like a maintenance day for you, like if you're not feeling good, let me know because I didn't want to go up to them and be like, oh, you can go heavier or you can add a point one on that speed. If they're having the mindset that hey, I've done this many workouts in a row. I didn't sleep well. I haven't eaten well today. I got to just do a maintenance day. I, I wanted to know that because I think that's really, really important to know. Um, and it kind of lets the member know like, hey, you got their back. You're not trying to just kill them every day. Exactly. And it's, it's difficult to consistently provide that, I would argue. Once again, with all these different, I would say, coaching abilities and, and uh, experience levels, if you average everybody, it's it's going to be difficult across the board, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I had one more, but now it's it's escaping me again. One more good one that I wanted to, <laughs> to ask you. Uh, do you have any of these topics that you kind of wanted to break down? I mean, I, I don't know. I think the ones that I kind of wanted to talk about, we, we went into, I think, pretty good depth on. I think we should make maybe a – a I would po- say, how about how about education level, for because we've been talking about that a little bit, and I've been bringing that up quite a bit. Total education for a a member, a person coming in with minimal training experiences and knowledge, and they're trying to learn from Orange Theory Fitness through their workouts over their time. One to ten, ten being the absolute. I know so much by the end of this. Oh man, that's such a tough one. Um. <sighs> All right, if I were, if I were to average it, um, I'd probably give it like a a, a six point eight. Um, six point eight. Yeah, That's but pretty so, generous. So here, so here's why. I don't think, and I'm not trying to badmouth anyone at all, but I think a lot of members what they want is to be able to turn their brain off, do what the coaches tell them to do, 
and then leave. Like they, they That's just, a great argument. They want that, right? And you know, man, if I was a member and I was really, really busy and I was just barely able to squeeze my workouts in anyway, dude, I don't want to be thinking about what I'm doing. It's like, hey, tell me what to do and I'll and I'll just get it done. Um so I think that's a huge factor. And then I'll, again, the coach. If the coach isn't trying to teach people, um, like, hey, why are we doing um, this dumbbell row with palms out versus palms facing in? They don't, like, have to teach that or teach anything, really, except for the class. Um, but I think the good coaches will try to give, you know, little tidbits here and there as to why you are doing something a certain way. I think that's a good argument. Yeah, that's a good what, point. What, what I, would you I would give it, it a six. I would definitely give it a six. A si- um, <laughs> there's 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 a lot of uh, things you can learn and experience through Orange Theory Fitness, but there's definitely a cap. Um, I'd say a personal trainer, a good educated personal trainer, would be a perfect ten. You know, you could you could get to talk to them and learn and explain, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it. It's hard to do that for the the whole scale of the class um, from day to day with all the classes that are being coached and mm-hmm. um, taught different training focuses. You know, over time you can kind of reiterate a few things, a few points and people might start to get a hang of it, but there's, there's definitely at least a four point gap I'd say from a perfect 10. Yeah. Well, and at I, least I think, I think six is generous on my point, my part. But. I think a big thing that would contribute to what you just said is so in orange theory, it's set up, that splat points are like the best thing you can get pretty much. Yeah. All right. The, you get your splat points on the treadmill. The treadmill obviously is cardio. So I think a lot of members are going to start thinking the treadmill is the best thing I can be doing. Oh, that's f- another really good argument for my overall health. And it might not be like a purposeful train of thought they're having, but I could totally see how they would get there. Like, Oh, that's important. It's kind of like these splat points. Cause I need that afterburn. The afterburn is going to help me burn more calories. Yeah. One of the best ways that I can explain it to myself guys in my head is when you're talking about university research, if it's backed by a company that has a bias, there's going to be usually some pretty positive things that come out of uh, the research being conducted, right. Or they're going to try the very hardest to do that. Mm-hmm. So even if you're getting a great education from a company like Orange Theory Fitness, there's universal biases that exist within the brand. And that's kind of what we talked about prior uh, in this episode. Yeah. So even if they, if you learn quite a bit, there's going to be at least some type of spin on almost everything that you learn towards the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you notice if they do teach you about something, it'll be re- related to the workout. It'll never be about, the specificity of the workout, which it's not like they're trying to say it's made for each member because they're not, you know, they know it's like, Hey, it's a group fitness. It's going to be general. Um, but yeah, of course they're going to try to, you know, it's just have great you to do that. Oh, right? yeah, oh, it's a good idea. It's not morally wrong. It's like a really good idea. <laughs> It's just tying it all back into the the main objective. Hey, why are we here? We're here for Orange Theory Fitness. We're not here for fitness. We're here for Orange Theory Fitness. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think so. I might have to wrap this up because I keep trying to charge my phone and it keeps. I need to get out of here, too. Um, Um, I've got one. I got one more for you, Cam. Okay. To lead lead into the next episode, as a 
as an employee, one to 10, 10 being the very best experience. I'm talking about income. I'm talking about time spent, uh, relationships, education, being the very best. All the way down to one, this sucked. How good was it being an employee for Orange Theory Fitness uh, with your multiple positions? Okay, okay. Uh, in general, I'd give it an 8.2. If I'm getting specific, I'd give coaching a 9, and I would give being a sales associate like an 8. So I guess my overall would be 8.5. No, that's, that's awesome. too high. That's too high of an overall. Coaching, okay. <laughs> I'm going to restart. <laughs> Coaching, let's give it eight, 8.7. Overall, we'll go like 7.8. And then sales associate was like a 7.5. I'm going, I'm going with those numbers. I think that's a, it's a pretty reasonable score. Yeah, I got a little excited there in the beginning. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I would have you? to argue. And guys – realize that I've had a lot of experience with a lot of different ownership groups, a lot of personalities, different positions. I've seen a lot. Okay. So this isn't in regards to one experience. It's a combination of everything that I've, 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 I've had in front of me. Right. And I've been able to, to, to get to be a part of, I probably would give overall experience a six and a half. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well. Okay. We'll have to talk about that. And we have to. We have to talk about why. That's you know. We have those scores for, for our experiences. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, that that'll be that'll be a good episode in the future for sure. Yeah. But I think that might that that should be one pretty soon. Oh yeah. Because I think this was a good episode. I mean, we got to talk a lot about what we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I think so. One one quick thing: if you're a member of Orange Theory, use this quarantine time. To kind of reflect, like, how long have you been doing Orange Theory? Have you learned anything? And when the gyms open back up, maybe just reconsider where you're at. Maybe you should upgrade your membership. Maybe you should downgrade and do a little bit more weight training. Or just kind of be real with yourself and see where you're at. And are you happy with the progress you've been making the past couple months? Because if you, if you feel like you haven't made any progress, eh, maybe it's time to switch it up a little bit. There's always, I mean, there's always different objectives we could have for our training, like Cam and I said prior. But, hey, guys, I hope you're staying healthy, staying safe on the quarantine, um, staying away from people that you don't need to be around right now. <laughs> but, Cam, what do you got from? Hey, yo, throw out a challenge this week because it's been a little while since we've had a classic Cam challenge. A classic Cam challenge. I've been, I've been, I would say I'm pretty consistent with the push-ups every day. I've been hitting them most most of the time. I've missed zero push-ups. Um, <laughs> all right, here, here's a challenge, because this is a challenge I'm doing for April. You guys don't have to do this the exact way I'm doing it. I'm fasting 12 days in April. Not in a row, but in general. I would challenge wow. you guys at least, like, maybe once once every two weeks, fast for 24 hours. And see how you feel. And I and I bet you'll find that it'll help you, hopefully, control your cravings. Because you'll realize, oh, I don't need as much food as I think I do. Because I just went a whole day without eating and I was fine. If you think about it, it's really not that hard. It's like going from dinner to dinner. 
Yeah, it's. It, I mean, yeah. Right. You could break it down however you want. I just do it from nighttime until the next morning, a day later. So whatever. Wow. Just don't eat for twenty four hours and 24. see how you feel. Hey guys, I hope you got something out of this episode. If you did, classic. Throw it a share. <laughs> Tell somebody about it. Because <laughs> the boys are back. We're trying our, our very best to, to bring it to you, um, especially during this crazy period of time to kind of oh, keep yeah. you busy, keep you occupied. Hopefully, I don't know how you guys usually listen to podcasts, but I usually uh, listen to the same podcast and I break it down um, into segmental, like 20 minutes for the next three days or so. Mm-hmm. But I know this is a longer one. Thanks for being a part of it. As always, Cam and I both appreciate it a ton. And we're almost at 5,000 listens overall. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for getting us there. Yeah, for hashtag sure. join the conversation. Am I right? We'll have <laughs> hashtag join the conversation. Uh, we'll have uh, the 5,000 celebratory t-shirts out soon. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 5,000 in one year to 50,000 in year two. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, friends. We're all right. See ya. Like a supernova.